Hey guys, producer Ken here with a very quick message before the show begins. Uh, in 2013, uh, I started working on a podcast with two of my very best friends, Paul and Ben. That show's called Jews and Reviews, and it's on the Atlantic Transmission Network. In fact, it's safe to say it's probably one of the inspirations for creating it in the first place. Well, four years ago, uh, one of the best men I know, Paul Cohen, you may know him as Paul Corey, hosted Jews and Reviews, uh, was unexpectedly admitted to the hospital. Uh, it was from there that he learned that his illness was due to a loss of function in his kidneys. Uh, right now, he's on dialysis three days a week, and the doctors have told him, hey, Paul, you know, try to live a normal life, which is very rough to do, you know, being on dialysis three days a week. Well, it turns out Paul is in need of a kidney transplant. So if you or anyone you know may be interested in learning more about becoming a living donor, please call the Living Donor Team at New York Weill Cornell at 212-746-3922. That's the Living Donor Team at New York Weill Cornell at 212-746-3922. Another way you can help is just spreading the message by sharing these links and giving it the hashtag Team Paul. That's T-E-A-M-P-A-U-L, standard spelling on Paul. We're certainly doing all we can to help a good man get through this, and we hope you'll join us. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Puss on Rouge. And welcome to the Big Seat. Here is your host, Lisa Mandel. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bitch Seed Dinner Theater, apparently. Uh, welcome to this beautiful, beautiful space. It makes me feel very grown up that we're here. Uh, and um, this, is this, this show has been around for two years now. I know, I know. Uh, you know, the first time I was going to do this show, I was going to do it at the pit, and I tried to pull out of it about three days beforehand, because uh, I got cold feet, and the artistic director at the time was like, well, then you owe us $350. So I said, I guess I'm doing this show. And thank God that I did, because uh, here we are. And um, the, the theme of tonight's show, fittingly because it's Valentine's Day time, uh, but I don't like to do like regular Valentine shit because that's boring. So I thought what was a nice angsty twist on that, and that would be music that we cried by uh, when we were we things, because I, I was an expert. I was like a professional crier to music, and I, to the point where I wrote down lists and lists and lists of music that I liked, including uh, a list uh, of the most depressing songs, I thought, Josh, if you could show that, that would be swell, um, beginning with, with Everybody Hurts by R.E.M. Uh, by the way, those of you in the back, if you want to come to the front, you're more than welcome to join us. Very, very cozy, but no pressure. That's cool. Um, so you're going to hear a couple of these songs throughout the show. Uh, and uh, so, what? So, what? Somebody can't hear me? You can hear me. It's fine. I'm already too loud. But uh, I... You know, there, there's a reason why I was obsessed with having so many, so many depressing songs by my side because I was a really, like, a longer. Like, I was a person who was just so 
devastatingly in love with so many people and it was always, always unrequited. And um, the way that I would go about courting people, uh, which was basically to fantasize about it a lot, uh, and then it never left that stage. Also, I would write a lot of notes to people and then I would give them to a friend who would give them to a friend who would give them to a friend who would give them to my crush who would reject said notes. And that was pretty much the story of my life from when I was five up until, you know, college. Uh, very sad. Uh, actually, when I was five years old, I had my bravest moment. This is like one of my earliest memories. I was in synagogue and uh, on Shabbat. And I, I, I was sitting in the pew and I turned around and sat up on my knees and turned around and there was Andrew Goodman sitting right behind me. I had a crush on him at the time. I started very early. And I said, I love you. And he went, <laughs> so that was the last like direct contact I made with a crush after that point. Um, so, so we have some uh, amazing guests who are going to come up and share some artifacts from their youth and we're going to talk about the kind of songs that they cried to uh, and before we kick that off I'm going to of course read from one of my diaries uh, as, as we like to do here. This is Harmony, uh, a classic uh, for those of you who know me. And uh, this is from February 16th, 1997. Uh, and I'm going to skip a little bit because the, it, there's like a whole bunch about like black holes and like the end of the world and like what if I die tomorrow? You know, we're going to skip that part uh, and get to the good stuff. Harmony, basking in the Sunday afternoon sun in my living room, my mind sifts through the big picture. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then we get to the end of the section that says, in the words of Eric Clapton, I can change the world. <laughs> well, no doubt I could if I wanted to. However, too bad I can't change something else. Matt's mind. <laughs> wah, wah. I have sitcom written into this thing. Oh, must I explain? Well, Valentine's Day was Friday. What a day. The whole day was fantastic. What with carnations and presents and candy and all. And best of all, it wasn't really a school day, more like a social day. I received seven carnations. Uh, they were all from my friends. Let's be real about this. <laughs> and oh, when I saw Matt on the bus platform, he was holding one, that's Uno carnation, wrapped in white tissue paper. It was red. Red as a bleeding lip, as a passionate kiss. It was crimson, scarlet, burgundy, garnet, one lonely flower, and it was, it was from me. He knew it too, and he hadn't ripped it up, exclamation point. <laughs> he was holding it proudly, showing his friends. And yet at the dance, oh, it was horrible. I swear I cried and wept silently at that dance. You see, I saw him the moment I arrived. Immediately, my legs and stomach got that quivery jello feeling. He was wearing a Navy Huskies sweatshirt. The strange thing is, whenever I'm not around him, I'm thinking that I don't really like him anymore. Yet when I see him, it's like I just, well, you know. Well, anyway, Lauren and Emily came up to me and begged me to go talk to Matt. At first, I said, absolutely not. Oh, I'm sorry, they begged me to talk to Matt for me. At first, I said, absolutely not. Leave good enough alone, right? Uh, but then they finally bugged me one step too far, so I said, okay. When I found Lauren later and asked her how it went, she said, not so well. She told me how when she and Emily went up to him, he didn't let them talk. He just said, don't even look at me, and walked away. Nice, nice crush, nice crush. 
When Lauren told me that, I simply died right there on the floor. Oh, Lauren, what should I do, I asked. I don't know, she answered. I don't understand what's wrong with him. He must have a short temper. Even when you gave him that note, he was pissed. That's it, I said. I have to talk to one of his friends. (laughs) So Lauren fetched Tim Duff for me. He's a pretty nice guy and told me, sure, I can convince him you're a good person. that was great of him. I mean, it's like I'm, I'm just apologizing for my very essence. Oh, by the end of the night, news got to me that Matt had said he would be nicer to me, exclamation point. I was still terribly depressed, but not as much as earlier. After the dance, a whole gang of us uh, went to Friendly's, where Cammie Lavaza was our waitress. She didn't charge us for half of what we uh, ordered, so we left her a $7 tip. Afterwards, we found Caitlin's brother and some of his friends, and we gave him the finger, in quotes. And so he mooned us from Ashley's parking lot across the street. We laughed our butts off, and that was the end of our exciting night. So now I'm on vacation, and that is really good. I needed a break more than anything. But now I'm lonely again. Oh, life is a circle. You can't win for losing. What can I do, though? Just wait, I guess. Love, LMM. Right, so anybody else, anybody else have kind of that experience of Valentine's Day growing up? Yeah? Any, anybody want to shout out a song that you loved to cry to when you were younger? Anybody? Come on. Oh, yes, thank you, Foreigner. Yes, Foreigner. Anyone else? What is it? Oh, God, brick! To say nothing of cigarette, am I right? Oh, God, suicide music. I mean, when I got to college, it got even more desperate. Like, when I got to college, it became, like, Damien Rice and Fiona Apple. And that's like, oh, like, you can't go anywhere but up from there. So, um, so uh, I, I mean, let me show you a picture of what I looked like when I was about this age of, of longing, and you can get a better picture of why I had no boyfriends. Here's me right here. Um, the one season that I was a, a cheerleader. Uh, horrible, horrible experience. And then let's get a close-up on that, please. We got the teeth. We got these terrible glasses, the frizzy hair. It's hiding a ton of acne that you can't see. Seventh grade was a really hard year, you guys. And we are here to celebrate that that is over. Thank you very much. Woo! Yes. Please enjoy all of the gushers, the fruit by the foot, the Pop-Tarts, and all the shit that my mother, the dental hygienist, did not let me eat growing up, because that's what this is about. And uh, let's uh, get it rolling and welcome our um, co-host, who's currently sitting on the floor with a cocktail, my fabulous co-pilot, Phil. Hey, guys. Hi, Phil. What's up? Did you enjoy your nap time down there? I, I did. I did. It was, I was trying to watch it, but I couldn't really... I couldn't move because Josh's drink was by the electrical stuff. So if I, We're all one, really cozy. I love this space. One false move. I love yeah. it. I feel like I'm in somebody's bedroom that's covered with their sketches, you know? I love these fucking walls. They're great. All the pictures are outstanding. I don't know who drew them. But I like him. It doesn't doesn't or matter. It doesn't matter. Uh-huh. It's like the perfect backdrop for for listening to Nirvana on yeah. vinyl. Um, it's great, Phil. Yeah, I I know. I mean, I know what you listen to now when you're going through some heartbreak. But 
Tom Waits. But what no. what about back in the day? What was your salve? What did you listen to in song? Tom Waits is my happy music. Oh God. I love This is my boyfriend, you guys. I play a game where it's it's called uh, play Tom Waits for as long as possible until she notices. I'm pretty uh, sure I, we got it down to like three seconds. Three because seconds. like the instrumental is great. And then as soon as the voice starts, I'm like, oh God. Sometimes it takes a while. You know, his his songs are sneakers and then and then he like croaks in there and you're like, all right, next, next, no. <laughs> um, but when you were younger, like when you were like, when you were a preteen and, and, and it sucked um, even more. <laughs> top 10 anything. Because uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't very smart until high school. I didn't have like as a, a, a refined musical palette until maybe like high school. Okay, right. Neither did I. But it was like always the top 40 stuff. I don't really know what I cried to until high school, I can tell you is then. It, is it just a, is it, it's not just a girl thing, right? What? Like putting on music for the express purpose of crying. Um, no, I, w- I would put on like just TV and just try and flip through stuff and. Oh, you were a, you were. Just. You were an avoider and a I denier. An avoider, I heard some I, other male day. laughs back there. Is that like a universal yeah, like, thing? Later uh, on, though, I mean, when it got real bad, Creep was always, not TLC's Creep, Radiohead's uh, Creep. Like, Shut the fuck up. You all were there. <laughs> no, but you, like, to be fair, I didn't, I, didn't recogn- I didn't hear Radiohead until high school, and once I did, that was OK Computer on repeat yeah. for hours, for um, hours. Yeah. I only had, because um, bandwidth and stuff, like modems were faster once I got into college, so I was able to download whole albums then. But back in the day, you made a Friday out of downloading two tracks. So, <laughs> so I would, you know, it was always one single after another, and every compilation had the same, like, five songs. And I think Under Pressure was an emotional song, too, for some reason. I really liked that song, really Aww. felt it. Uh, There's a Frank Sinatra song called Learning the Blues that is not very sad. It's not very down-tempo, but it was still like, yeah, yeah Frank. You get me. You get me, friend. And then, uh, and then also dashboard confessional. Oh well. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and that later spawned a five-year-long battle with emo music at my college radio station because I was so angry that I opened myself up emotionally to such exploitative garbage that I eventually like. And that was most of the rotation of my college was emo when I was there. And so I spent years just debasing it and not playing the rotation and getting in trouble monthly for not... But was it worth it for the art film? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. They got sick of Black Sabbath. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a question. For the, guy, for the guys in the house, um, did you listen to more angry music when you were upset than sad? It's really Anyone? a time and a place for the sad, right? Yeah. Dwayne? Wes? Sad. You were sad. Krebs? <laughs> <laughs> he's very he's sensitive sensitive soul yeah back and forth yeah, ju- I, did, I, did, I did listen to a lot of uh, under pressure okay cool okay we got an under pressure guy we got an under pressure and, and Louis Armstrong's uh, What a Wonderful World oh. me too oh oh yeah me too and you know in the 90s that was the, that was the, the the song in a commercial about how the environment was dying does everybody remember yes. that commercial Oh. Awful. Well, let's 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 show this. It was an inside job. Monster. Um, 
Uh, let's see. I, okay, we've seen this picture of Phil a lot of times on this show, but I never get sick of it. So you're gonna see it again if you've seen it before. Uh, I just I. <laughs> never got applause before though. Oh, Phil, Phil, g- give him the context of the picture. Thank you. Thank you. They're coming back. You see the palm um, trees in the back? Yes, this I'm in Disney World. Place. I was napping in Epcot Center. <laughs> Either Epcot or MGM. I think it was uh, Megan. Megan knows. It's it's the back entrance to Epcot Center where uh, where you go in through the, from the yacht club. That's where we were. Anyway, the point is, you were. Yeah. They let you nap. Yes, because they bench. brought us there at 8 a.m. so they can get morning sun. Because my parents apparently like burning their skin. And so they would bring me there, and I didn't like. I could sleep. I would like to sleep. No, can't sleep because we gotta we gotta sit in Main Street or sit in Mexico and uh, just fucking liked, soak in the no, sun. I liked Mexico. No, that yeah, was Mexico. My part I, I can't complain of, yes, about Mexico. Applause for Mexico. I can complain about getting up at eight o'clock and do it in fucking Martian. Well, also, park. also contextually, his family is a Disney family, so by this time he'd been there already fifty times. In yeah, his they're life. like <laughs> Disney family. It's like a Nielsen household. You've never fucking heard of them, <laughs> but there's a lot of them. Um, um, all right. Well, we let's let's. Uh, I love this picture so much. I'm glad it got applause. Yes. We got to bring on our first guest. Let's keep going and, and make it and make it start happening. All right. All, all right. right. I'm super excited. Um, this uh, <laughs> this girl is so funny. Her stand up is amazing and kind of wild. Um, she's currently on True TV's Almost Genius, which is on Tuesday nights. Give it up for Amber Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> Some toad the wet sprocket to lead you in. What is that? That's the name of the band that does that song. Oh, toad the. I was like, what the toad the wet sprocket? I don't know what. I don't okay. have any I mean, idea where that name comes from whatsoever. They probably got really high one night and then just threw darts at like a word board. Yeah. <laughs> and that's. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, precisely. Anyway, I don't know. The song is like. Well, so did you? Uh, because to be fair, I asked my guests two questions. One of them was a positive one, and one of them was about songs you cried by. Because I gave them the option of the question of a courtship story, like a, your courtship story. You can talk about that if you want, or you can talk about songs that you cried to. Oh man, okay, songs that I cried. Okay, let's go. Because I we we're talking about as a kid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I never dated. I never. Oh, I was, neither did I. Yeah, no. I was a virgin till I was like, like I forget what age, but like a what? Like yeah. that, that old? Like what? Uh, <laughs> Uh, songs I cried to. Well, I was raised very religious, and that's why. Oh, really? Very what Southern what religion? Baptist, Southern Baptist. Oh shit! So it was like constantly like have a little talk with Jesus and Amazing Grace like on the regular, you right? Know? <laughs> and I, and then on the other side of that, I listened to like Marilyn Manson and Corn. You know what I mean? Nice. <laughs> it was that kind of it looked pretty heavy. I got you. Heavy life, man. Uh, so, <laughs> and did, did your did your uh, family let you dress the part of that as well, or? They would not. Uh, and I, I remember I was going at, sounds so stupid. I was going to school one day and I wore a dragon t-shirt. And my mom was like, you don't wear that. You look like you're in a cult. And, <laughs> and you were like, mom, I am in a cult. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I put it in my bag and I put it on on the bus. And so I go to school and that day my mom shows up to say hello to my aunt, who's the principal. And she sees me in the dragon t-shirt and she's like, you take that off right now. And I was like, oh, I don't have another one. And then she made me go sit in the principal's office, my aunt, and I had to wear a middle-aged woman's jacket for the rest of the day to cover up 
<laughs> it was like polka dots and shoulder pads and I was like what is six times four I don't know <laughs> <laughs> and did, and so okay so I guess did you you were a little bit angry like you had some like you had some stuff pent up stuff that you wanted to get out oh yeah super dragon great. shirt Dragon shirt, bro. Dragon shirt. Yeah. Well, so but like corn was my was my clue because yeah. like that was a totally other like I was such a soft, soft like blobby like weepy sentimental person. Oh yeah. But I feel and and people who listen to corn at least in my school were scared the shit out of Not me. Not Marilyn Manson. Mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson too. Okay. Yeah. He's great. Well, you know, He's your like, anger yeah. comes out in different ways. Some True. people cry. Some people mope. Some people go. You know, have fuck a kid. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> You know, it sure was your option. It's awful, but it happens. <laughs> That's what I like to do. Um, <laughs> Not yes. preferred, but it is an option. <laughs> so, did you you avoided courtship like all together when you were growing up? You were just like, I hate boys, I hate girls, I don't want to talk to anybody. No, I love boys, I love people, boys, but I moved around a lot, like pretty much every year of my life. I was oh, like going somewhere. Army else. brat. No, my parents were just like restless people, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I would just move around so much, like enough, I couldn't like have a uh, relationship with a person. Oh God! I know this might. Okay, we're gonna get. I feel like I'm in therapy mode. No, no, that's good. That's good. Yes, me, mommy. Um, (laughs) I was told, in fact, uh, Amber, when we move to the next town, don't make friends because you're gonna have to leave them and it's gonna hurt everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Did you have any siblings? I had three older brothers, but they were like way older. So then they just so left So like me. they didn't play with you? No, no, no. And then they left pretty soon. It's so sad. Uh, <laughs> well, well, I mean, that's why we do comedy now. Yay! So when yeah, you yeah, were... yeah. I'm not a normal person. I'm not a healthy person. <laughs> None of us are. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. We, we wear it well. Yeah, um, I just took a Klonopin, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you were in college, did you make did you uh, did you move away from your folks as a point to try and like? I did. I moved away at uh, seventeen. I oh, left. jeez. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I got a scholarship, full scholarship to college. Oh, congrats! Yeah, everything paid for it. I like I like worked really hard for it because I knew like this is the only way mm-hmm. I could get out of mm-hmm. here. And where was the where was the last place you lived with them before you scrammed? Franklinton, Louisiana. Were you always all over the South? You're a southern girl for the South, most part. Uh, I was also born in Saudi Arabia and I lived Holy there. Holy shit. I know. Why? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> is Nelson your real last name? No, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're southerners, but yeah, they got jabs over there. Huh. Yeah, yeah. That that's so it's so the opposite experience of me because I lived in the same house from when I was born until they still have that house now. Really? But like we're the a family of like clinging to, th- to things so hard. I don't know why my parents weren't Depression-era babies, but, like, we save everything. We're so attached to everything. Uh, which good. is un- No, it's unhealthy in a very other way. <laughs> um, well, that sounds great. Did you have box cereal growing up? Yeah. Oh, you got the bags. No, no, no. Yeah, no. I mean, box, like, uh. they loved you, you know? <laughs> Your parents loved... I know the bags are cheaper. All about those bags. Listen, now I buy the bags, but I'm, yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, we had a thing with the boxes, too. What? Like, we used to, because you get the proof of purchase, you could send away for stuff. I know, and then you give money to, to schools. By the way, the Gushers boxes, that they all have, like, points for schools or whatever, so I'm going to give back to the kids. That's great. Yes. Great. Yes. Um, I, I want to uh, I want to get to this artifact that you have because I think it's extraordinary and like oh, usually usually people bring things onto the show that are um, like 
a, a little bit nuts, like trying really hard, but maybe not like great art. This is great fucking art. So if you could show oh, it, Josh, that would okay. be awesome. So it's kind of hard to tell it with this lighting, but it's, yeah, this it's a like, shady. F- oh, sorry. No, no, go. Oh, it's a shady. I drew this picture, uh, 17 going on 18. And um, I, I gave it to my mother uh, before I left. And I took a photo of it. It's now in her home. And it's, it's you know, framed it's like museum quality work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, he's uh, playing cards. He's playing cards. And if you notice, his eyes are blacked out because that's where your soul goes when you gamble, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was going to ask. I was like, well, this is gambling. If you're a Southern Baptist, like, that's not cool. It's but bad. it's on display in your mom's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his soul's gone. Um. <laughs> was this a project that you did on your own or was it for an art class I just did it on my own holy shit is dude this, was this your statement about leaving like, maybe I don't know this is what you like want to become like <laughs> 17 going on time waits the opus like so. this this mom and dad is what my childhood felt like yeah. <laughs> it's very dark I mean as a comparison to other things that were ha- like other kids your age were drawing I have some of my own uh, here, Josh, if you want to show uh, one of those. Um, Fucking great. <laughs> it's close as I got to an opus. If you could splash. See. Yeah. If you splash over here, we have this one of these S's. It says, you know, one of those S's. Yeah. And with wings on it and shit. Fun. It's fun. A question mark and exclamation point. I love it. Yeah. It's. Let's let's go back to yours. No, that's fun. This oh wait, is a no. Lot I have joy. I have another I have another like, one. I think. There's uh, a lot of- yeah. So like. <laughs> This was my attempt at drawing. I don't know. It's shitty, Amber. No, there's a lot of joy in this. You know, she's like smiling and a purse. Her face is always, oh, I don't know. I, uh. It's great. You know, all the Darius you can draw. Um, I love it. Uh, no, but but yours is like a like a fucking uh, a professional. So did you did you take lessons or did you just do that on your own? Oh. No, my, I just sort of like started drawing very early and that was my only like contact with the world because we were moving around so much right. and I was so angry. So this is just what I would do. And I've got like my parents, my, my mom, uh, my dad's dad. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so <laughs> it happens, bro. YOLO. Uh, uh. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> but there's a whole shed in the back, and it's got like, uh, cause now my mom's stable, and she has like, a, like all like drawings that I just did like. Always she kept just, your collection. She kept it, which was Amazing. it was pretty great. Yeah, yeah. I've heard Do you still that. draw now? No, I I made a conscious decision because I never spoke to people, and I was so moving around and like alone and harbored my whole life. Yeah. That I did that, and this is sort of like a. Because immediately after I did that, I got a job as a bartender because I was like, I got to learn how to talk to people and how to like acclimate myself for the world or else I'm going to fucking blow my brains out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I got to I got to keep living. Wow. So, yeah. So you made a conscious choice to kind of go from internal to more external experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it kind of in New York, you kind of have to, you know, interact with human beings, you don't really have a choice. You don't really have yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can no, just no. mow them down. Living in New York is like living in a human car wash. Get film. out of my way, assholes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nobody yeah. wants to be that person. Yeah. yeah. We, um, Josh, will you show this picture of Amber as a youngster here? <laughs> just for, for context. Um, I mean, it's, it's a little bit hard to see, but you just, you have this like very wistful look off to the side. Who very is this gentleman that That's you're like, my brother. 
Yeah, he was the one that I, he actually taught me how to draw. Oh, amazing. Oh, wow. Is yeah, he an yeah. artist now? Uh, no, but he would like show me how to do an eye and it was like, this is how you look at things, you know, and then he left. See, but, that was the window. That was the window to the soul. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But if you look at my hand and I'm holding a stick and just sort of looking off and someone's holding, I look like I have some, something wrong with my brain. <laughs> no, it's a very, it's a very, um... It is a Renaissance painting, girl holding twig. It's, it's got that same, I don't give a shit face. Oh, I was going to say glass menagerie girl, you know. That, that, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Glass menagerie girl. Check out these sweet little girl titties, though. <laughs> yeah, your yeah. Little, little mosquito bites. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's pretty, though. It's Thank pretty. You. It's just flowers, so it makes it look better, you know. Did Were you a, like, were you a... Were your parents aware that you had any kind of unhappiness or you never showed it? Uh, I was good at hiding it. There were a couple times that I... I wonder if this is a comedy podcast or a serious podcast. No, it's both. It's, both. Real, it's always get, both. You know, Who it's knows? always both. Yeah, it's fine. Dude, I was always... I learned very quickly to like hide it because yeah. they were going through a lot and I knew like I just want to keep moving. But there was one time I showed my upsetness with them and it was... I We had finally settled down in Franklinton, Louisiana. I started high school and uh, they were going to move immediately. Mm-hmm. And we went to, we all got all the way to the new, uh, new place in uh, South Carolina, drove all the way there, and they were like, so we're going to leave, and we're going to, like, put, dump you off at the school. They would always just be like, open the door, get out, you know. And I just started weeping, weeping, weeping. They hadn't moved there yet, but I was just like, I can't. You guys are killing me. <laughs> oh, God. Can we please stay in Franklinton? And yeah. we did. We stayed there for four years. Wow. And I stood up for myself, and I, I think that's a decision that saved my life and probably other kids' life in the school. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a, such a huge, a huge like a, adult step for, um, for when you're like a little kid to be yeah, able to do that. Because nobody has to do that usually yeah. or usually you're like no I don't want to and they're like you're doing it anyway you know yeah, what I yeah, mean yeah. but yeah. Um, congratulations well, you, you made you. it out of childhood alive I did yeah it's been fun I have I have a little prize for you mm-hmm. so yeah we always give presents to people on this show and they're not really valuable presents I fucking love it um, they're um, <laughs> they're uh, things from my, my as I said my childhood home is still what it is and it's got two basements full of all kinds of shit that never got thrown out so so I have some things here that were in my childhood room, um, uh, and for you, let's see. Oh my God, I love. I want to go see your home that they've had like been in, like the memories in that home. I, it's like it, it. You can feel it. It's like it's really an opaque, like heavy cloud of nostalgia in that house. Yeah. So for you, I have. Um, it's a shot glass uh, that says the the Tourneau de Chat Noir. That's like in every. I got it in Paris. What? Shot yeah, dude. Because when I was when I was little, I collected shot glasses wherever I went, even though I never drank anything until I was a senior in high school. Mr. So I want a shot glass. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, use it or don't. Throw it away. I don't care. It's for you. But thank you so much for thank for you. doing thank the big seat. I might go see if the bar can put. Yeah. Oh. Yay. Amber Nelson, everybody. Thank you so much. I, lo- I mean, I I love it when the show goes w- when it goes a little bit dark, you know. I oh, like when it gets honest. Get it, get pretty it. Pretty great. Yeah, um, yeah. I, that was a great story. Um, very. I know because we you also had the opposite experience. Like for the most part, you lived 
Yeah. On Walnut Street. But we almost moved back to Tom's River uh, because there was a development and we had money at a certain point in time. <laughs> at a certain point in time, we His were... His family was okay. very money in, money out. It was a kind of a... Don't even... This is getting broadcast, dude. <laughs> um, it, was no. money, it was money in, money out, but it was also like... <laughs> we, there was a time when we were pretty prosperous and we were going to go back to Tom's River, New Jersey, and I'd... I chewed them out in the car because they didn't talk to us about it. They were just like looking at houses. And, and then I, they listened to you. They listened to me. Again. But, and then a year later, there was a cancer outbreak because the water was radioactive in that portion of Tom's River. Ah, so you, you knew all along. Saved See, when life. the TV fell on your head, we when you were three, you became lead. psychic. Yeah. yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Amber Nelson and uh, our me and her child characters should we're like the Justice League of kids that save other kids. Oh, I like Mostly that. Mostly just ourselves. Only just herself. No, she saved a lot of people. She's, she, she probably saved a lot does. Of people. Yeah, yeah. She does now. She got the Bright Side podcast. Check it out. Check it out. Check yeah. it out. Um, um, let's uh, let's go. Let's do. Let's let's do next because I'm super super excited. We about got a the hard material. out at nine thirty. We have a hard out at nine thirty. <laughs> ah! It's gonna be fine. It's right. gonna be fine. Um, by the way, guys, this uh, show is being recorded and it is going to be a podcast. We have the Bitch Seat podcast now. It's a thing. Yes. That's right. You can clap for yes, it. Yes, clap, clap. Um, it is weekly. It comes out on Sundays, and uh, you can find it on iTunes. It's fucking free, you know? Yeah, yeah. or the bitchseatpodcast.com. Yeah, check it out. It's a real website. Um, so our, uh, our next guest uh, is delightful. She's a storyteller and a comic as well, and uh, I, I have a feeling, based on the material that she's brought, that we had... Uh, pretty similar adolescences. She also has 13,000 Twitter followers, which I find, I bow down. I bow down to it. But Hashtag a, professional jealousy. N- what? I'm teasing, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. What? No, I'm raising her up. Oh, I'm, okay. W- women helping women in comedy, please. please. Special place in hell for me, I guess. <laughs> anyway, anyway, guys, give it up for Lynn Bixenspan. Yeah. You get the, the, of course, the Bonnie Raitt. I can't make you love me if you oh, don't. Oh, that song makes me cry. <laughs> I know. Well, like, that, that's the idea. Okay, I mean, great. I might just start crying on stage if that's... That's fine. Right. It, it, it's yeah. performance. It can become performance art at any moment. If any of you want to get up on stage and cry, <laughs> we have a hard out at 930, but if you just want to, you know... <laughs> sorry. But before then, yeah. um, Lynn, did you... Uh, so, uh, did you want to talk about songs that you would uh, be sad to? Did you have any, like, set aside for that purpose? When I was, I don't really do that as much now because I try to do happy things when I'm sad now. Um, oh no, I mean before. Right, yeah. But yeah. as a kid, uh, I do remember specifically. Um, you know when you could put a song on endless repeat on your like five oh, yeah. disc CD changer? Yeah, of course. Uh, I did that with Janet Jackson's song again. If you're familiar, with that, like, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just. <laughs> Watched the music video for that the other day. I recommend you all do it because it didn't seem remotely corny at the time, but it is like 90s up to the eyeballs. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. 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 No, I would listen to that anytime like my eighth grade heart was broken and be like, this is so relevant to my life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And was your was your heart broken a lot? You know, it's funny. I was trying to remember any single person who I was crying about and I couldn't. (laughs) But I, I think I just enjoyed the act of like being able to do that, write some poetry. Um, yeah, you know, of course, of, of course. Yeah, I mean, there was something really satisfying about it. I kind of remember um, being in my room and and like just 
crying for crying's sake. I think it's I think to Sarah McLaughlin probably. Listen, we were kids of the we we're products of the '90s. The '90s was all about being fucking miserable all the time. Well, because so like, I mean, it was. But we also couldn't really yet go on the internet and totally distractify ourselves. So that's it was true. Just, you have to sit in the sludge of your feelings. And anyway, that's my icky. My I mean, mom was in the next room with my brother, like reading him a bedtime story, and I was like weeping, and I was so angry that she didn't come knock on my door and ask how I was. But I mean, what would you have said if she did? I don't know. I would have. I would have confided in her. I, you know. But she wasn't that kind of mom. It's fine. <laughs> Is it anything you want to talk about? <laughs> no, 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 no. I love my mom. We're very different people. It's fine. But um, guys, switch seats. I see you're turning red now. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Well, but okay. So on the other side of that, did you have any? Did you ever attempt a courtship? Did you ever attempt to court? somebody and and was it successful um well as still i feel like applies to my life he courted me first and then when he finally got me like then he broke my heart um well how, how long did it take um his name was angelo and uh it, it went through like a couple years it went through like first and second grade at different times so it was kind of like an on and off relationship uh-huh. <laughs> but i just i remember uh-huh. we were like i was you know those like rocking horses in the playground that are on springs those weird like yeah but they're like the most exciting thing in the playground yeah so like we were on those and like he suddenly like leans over on one and like kisses me on the cheek and he's like and he like muttered which was like really sexy and cool even in first grade (laughs) (laughs) and he was like you know you're the prettiest girl in this whole playground And I was like, and I just remember that was the first time I was like, this is what love feels like. But then the next year, I don't remember how, I guess like something happened. I don't remember, but we were like involved again. And (laughs) because, you know, like a dramatic love, it's on and off. Um, And my best friend, Serena Chu, who I was very competitive with and, you know, like academically, whatever that means in second grade, but apparently also with guys. Also, she was a professional ballerina even in second grade. So oh, that's another you issue. With but whatever, that. whatever, yeah. it's fine. She's in Russia now. And <laughs> <laughs> so she came to me on the playground. This is again like a year later, and uh, and she's like, uh, actually, just so you know, Angelo is my boyfriend now. And I was all smug about it, and I was like, no, he's not. <laughs> Angelo is my boyfriend. And she's, I'm like, come bring him over here right now and ask who his girlfriend is. Like, so confident. And then, so like, we beckon Angelo over, and she's like a lot more like aggressive than I am. And she's like, Sounds Angelo, like- which of us is your girlfriend? He's like, you, Serena. And I was like, what? Oh no! But you kissed That's me a mean. year ago on the cheek, and I was a. Pr- Okay, whatever. Sorry, I'm not a b- ballerina. No. But she's in Russia now, so. She's yeah. exiled. Good luck. Yeah. She yeah. Has, I've been a ballerina since like second grade, which is crazy. But now yeah. she's in her 30s and it's fine. Whatever. I'm here. That's right. Here you are. You're doing well. It's okay. great. I think so. Yeah. Let's show, this, let's show a picture of you at, when you were younger. Why not? I love it. me. Here on the right. <laughs> yes. That's me and my little brother. This is our Halloween. Oh, that's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> He Surprise. looks like a boy now, but that's and that's my nana. Um, but yeah, so this is me in fourth grade when I was trying to be a punk. That was my makeup. And you can't really see, but in glitter paint, I painted Bon Jovi rules, which oh. I thought was the punkest 
band I you knew. You were in fourth grade? Yeah. That's impressive to me. Well, to, that I thought Bon Jovi was punk. <laughs> well, you were looking were like, around. I knew yeah. they were like bad, and I thought like punk equals bad. So I was like, oh, Bon Jovi, that's some badass shit. I'm gonna- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, at, do you remember, by the way, at the traveling carnivals, when they would have that ride that was like, it went in a circle, but it like went in hills in a circle around the center thing. There was always like, fuck, what was it called? No, it wasn't the Tilt World. You were in cars and you were just, it might've been that, but it was called something else. Yeah, the fucking Himalaya. But there were there was one, I don't know if you ever saw this one traveling. Were you from the Northeast? Where are you from? I'm from Long Island, Long Beach. Okay, yeah. So you would've been in the same general vicinity. Uh, there was one that was like um, spray painted like Bon Jovi on the side. Oh, wow. Like his face, like with his hairs hanging in his face. And it was so scary to me when I was growing I, up. Well, was, that's so bad. No, I'm saying that's like the, it was badass. So yeah. I see what you were doing here. Yeah. No, yeah. The, and then I put like pink sparkle makeup on. And my brother was like, I want to be a clown. So my mom was like, uh, you're a clown. <laughs> here, you can wear my nightshirt and now you're a clown. Your dad's tie or like, no, that's not even my dad's tie. What the hell is that? I don't know. My brother looks in now and he's like, this is extremely cheap. I look like a hobo clown. Like, <laughs> he's a hobo. Um, wait, but I want to see the next one because appropriately a lot more punk. Yeah. yeah, that's real punk. Who's that's, your friend? <laughs> that is my friend. So, just for a little bit of context, this isn't my room. This is my friend Christine's room. That's my best friend Kim, who I'm still friends with. Um, but this is like we did a uh, we we weren't in a real band, but we were in a fake band called Jizzing Kurt. <laughs> And we were just like, what do bands do? Do they write songs? No, they take photo shoots. So this is sure. our photo shoot for our fake band. So it is like a little dumber than we really were. Oh, but, but you didn't you didn't play any songs. No, why would we do that? <laughs> <laughs> and she was super into corn. And what is up with corn? <laughs> and Marilyn Manson. She still to this day in her 30s follows Marilyn Manson through the Northeast sometimes. Oh wow. See, that's real cred. And that's she was on MTV. TR- you guys remember TRL? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was on, yeah. She was on <laughs> TRL when Carson Daly was on it. And there was like a segment like Moms Against Manson. And uh, she just wanted to meet Manson so bad that she had her her very kind mom pretend that she hated Manson to come on so that she could meet. I found this on YouTube the other day. If you look up Moms <laughs> Against Manson, this is my friend Kim and her very nice mom pretending to hate Manson. That's amazing. I'm like, my mom would never do that for me. And did you, but like, did you identify as like a punk kid? I was alt. Okay. I'm definitely alt. So like what music does that entail? Like in a I mean, general Walkman thing? Um, I mean, I, I listened to a lot of like, I mean, ninth grade, I was like devastated when Kurt died, but I was super into like Hole and Bikini Kill and mm-hmm. Babes in Toyland mm-hmm. and Rancid and Deftones and like a lot of things you wouldn't have heard of. <laughs> Just naming oh, so the ones that you guys might have heard of. You were a hipster when you were a teenager. That word wasn't a thing, but right. alt. Yes. Alt. Yeah. Alt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah God, I was such a little pussy kid. I just, I don't know. I, I would have been scared of you too, probably. Did you smoke cigarettes? No. Okay. No, right. no, no. No, I didn't either. I smoked pot, but. Oh, okay. God, I, I, I was I afraid should, of stoners I wish that in I high had. school. I mean, na- I mean, actually, probably better that I didn't find it I'm earlier I because I never would have gone to college. Yeah. I'm glad I waited till a certain point, but I mean, yeah. 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 In high school, it was weird. We were so we we're so privileged. It's so great 
to learn. I would about say other sheltered. I would say it was pretty sheltered. sheltered. I think it was pretty. I don't know. There were a lot of ways in which I was emotionally not privileged. Like uh, that's true. We can go down the anorexia road later, but yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Anyway, I went to Disney a lot. (laughs) That sounds privileged. That's privileged. I got it. Ding ding. Privilege is mine. Disney privilege. You're not winning any points right now. You're not winning any points. Listen, um, Lynn, I want you to I want you to get to the meat of this because uh, people have to hear it. And it's yes. so great. Okay. So should I explain what this please, is? Please context. Okay. Yes. So um, I was super obsessed um, from like I guess maybe fourth, fifth grade, maybe into sixth a little bit with the new Mickey Mouse Club. If you guys are familiar <laughs> with it. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, I was really like I had, and the thing was like I was like a, a theatery kid and I sang a lot, but like um, so I desperately wanted to be able to go to the auditions for Mickey Mouse Club and the Masketeer auditions came around to New York City and I was like, Mom, are you gonna take me? And she was like, No, I'm not gonna move to Orlando even if you get it and like transplant the whole family. And like to this day, I'm so fucking angry at my mom. <laughs> She's been a great mom in a lot of ways, but I will seriously still once a year call her and be like, Well, I could have been Justin Timberlake right now. <laughs> Yeah. And I did, I had like sort of a, I'll just get into this for two seconds before I get into this, but like I had like kind of a a weird childhood where I was like on and off sick and I missed school a lot. So I was like, sometimes I was in school, sometimes I was like on home tutoring because I had um, like a mysterious illness where I got fevers a lot. So I had been in the hospital and stuff, but I was like mostly a normal kid. Oh shit. That's very secret. Anyway, it's not a big deal. (laughs) Let's get to this, this. This part. So yeah, so so I coped with the fact that I wasn't allowed to actually audition um, by writing 391 pages of fan fiction where I was a masketeer. Incredible. I say I know 391 because this notebook right here is it says on the front MMC Forever pages 191 to 391. This is really. So I did. T- I, I typed up the end of it just so I don't have to try to like read through it. Plus, because it's the coup de res- resistance. Um, for sure. Yeah, it's the end. So I'll just read the typed up part. But I want to know it's authentic. Just because I'm reading this part doesn't mean it's not what I really wrote. <laughs> poser. No, it's great. <laughs> not a poser. Um, so, so do you guys know who Tony Lucha is? Any of you? He was a masketeer, and then he was dating Carrie Russell, and he was on The Voice recently. Now you know who uh, who Tony is. Okay. Well, I, he wasn't my boyfriend. Kevin was my boyfriend. But I was 13 and Kevin was 18 and about to leave the show. So it was like kind of illegal. Um, but like every all the guy masketeers had a huge crush on me. It was like so annoying. Um, so Tony is dating someone else. But uh, I have gone to his house to do a school project. And this is what happens. It's the keep in mind, I'm 13. Uh, or maybe 12 when I wrote it, and I have not kissed anyone in real life. Okay. Tony's eyes lit up. They were an incredibly clear blue. You inspire me, he said, his voice dead serious. Unlike his girlfriend, Tasha, I would French him, and he knew it. (laughs) So he did. (laughs) We kissed for a long time, pressed hard together, We fell onto his bed, kissing, kissing, kissing on a bed. (laughs) It's very incriminating. He played with my nipples until they stood out straight. It felt so good. I stroked his chest. 
his shirt off. It was only fair, women's lib and all that crap. Wait, can I, can I pause and ask you whether you had gotten your period yet by this time? I got my period when I was 12. So it's maybe around the same time. Like I got boobs before everyone else. Me too. Yeah. So the hormones are, you know what sex is, obviously. Yeah, but I didn't have like desires in that way. But I had, I had read my dad's porn. So I had uh-huh. like an idea of what was going on. Yes, in, like, okay. Second grade. Okay, okay carry on. <laughs> yeah, that informs it. Second grade, I had already seen porn. Uh, women's lib and all that crap. What if I'm a terrible feminist? Okay. <laughs> I had just made up my mind. We would not go any further. No way in hell. What kind of slut would you think I was? I'd learned you can't let them get too far or they don't respect you. I don't put out. I'm a virgin. I pushed him off me. He understood I've already been further than your average 13-year-old. <laughs> and how, how do you have an idea of how old he is at this time? Like 17. Oh, okay. Okay. It's legal. Also, do you know what an average 13-year-old would be, uh, you know, would be at? At this time, I think I thought kissing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I okay. was still like, yeah. I was still like right. upset that I hadn't kissed anybody. Okay, so I slash he slipped my jeans off. I was. I just wanted to explain. It was both of us. I was almost embarrassed. I felt like I had to pretend it was a bikini bottom. When a guy, when a guy gets down to his underwear, it don't mean give me a peck on the cheek. <laughs> so sassy okay he started teasing me pulling at my underwear pulled it off he knew right where to rub on my clit you knew what a clit was when you were 12 I find that really impressive I didn't know how to like find it on myself (laughs) but I like knew that it existed and it was an important thing for a man to find (laughs) yeah men should find it I don't need to okay I jumped almost out of the bed It felt so good. (laughs) Then he brought his mouth down to it and started working his tongue in and out of my clit. I don't know. (laughs) I couldn't help thinking he'd done it before. But it's not the kind of thing you discuss. (laughs) He started sucking hard until I came. I I guess he expected me to suck him too. I was so nervous, I was practically pissing in dot, 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 the bed with anticipation. (laughs) It's a good joke. (laughs) He took it out. It was really long, really hard. (laughs) I had no idea what to do. He gave me a do you know how look, and I just made my lips into a little O and let out a breath. I think that was my idea of like thinking I was like Marilyn Monroe or something. Okay. Um, very, very subtle, very dainty. He jammed it in and I started sucking hard until I tasted cum, C-O-M-E. It wasn't bad or gross, just really strange. We took turns until I was so weak I could barely move. We were totally naked. <laughs> in case you were wondering. As an afterthought, yeah. yeah. I suddenly saw the next logical step. It was looking for an opening. But first he looked at me asking. I was scared. I wanted him so much, but oh, I couldn't think. But I was ready for him dying for him. He put himself in me and I started to bleed. (laughs) Cherry pop. I screamed. I started rocking up and down as he kept going in and out, in and out. He came in me and I felt so warm and sticky. The cum all inside me traveling up me. 
Don't stop, Tony. So he didn't. (laughs) By the time we finished, I was exhausted. It must have been three hours later and he was still coming. Oh, my God. (laughs) He should talk to his doctor. Unbelievable. Up to that point. Yes, yes, yes. Up to that point, I was like, you have a great grasp of the anatomy for a 13-year-old. No, but honestly... You, I mean, are an excellent writer, but obviously you became a writer anyway, so that's clear. But, like, you have a career if you want. You could be making, like, lots of money writing that kind of stuff. I've thought about it. I used to help produce a fan fiction show years later, which I didn't even start, but my friends did. And I'm like, and then I read about people who, like, make their living selling dinosaur erotica on Kindle, and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) And when you wrote this, like, was this, did you write it? And then, like, masturbate to it? Or did you just no. write it? No, I didn't even, like, a, I didn't even masturbate until, like, a year later when, like, an older guy on the phone was, like, trying to get me to do it. How did you know? Like, it's amazing to me. That's, it must have been all the porn that, that your dad's porn that this you read. This was romance porn. Like, this was, like, me thinking that, like, that's what grownups did. And this was, like, what they, like, I wasn't, like, turned on. I didn't even, like, have a concept of how to uh, Even more reason why you could have an entire career doing this and just be like, whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know? But also, you know, there is erotica on line that is written much more poorly than this you know so yeah I have a little bit better grasp now of how like the body works (laughs) so anyway I think it's great I think you're so brave and um (laughs) I'm gonna give you a present for your troubles it's like me and like 9-11 first responders (laughs) (laughs) we are brave thank you (laughs) I mean because like my, my the extent of my sexual knowledge was like I would draw crude drawings I tried to do that too yeah but that's I'm as not far a good, as yeah, I'm not a good God. I'm no Amber Nelson I'm not a good <laughs> well your, your powers combined you are the ultimate like you know I don't know what uh porn creators fantasy creators I'm into I don't it. know purveyors of smut anyway Who knows? purveyors of smut nice nice this is a very nice child friendly show this not at all really yeah bring your children <laughs> well, we can have a lesson later or your wife can tell you she's sitting right there well you should be Boom. coming for three hours straight that's all I know or you have failed as a man <laughs> because um, this 17 year old could okay no no uh, so so I have a present for you too. Ooh. This is from my room. Uh, this is from my childhood room. I don't know why I kept it this long, but um, we were all like Altoids came out when we were around in the 90s. I don't know. They became a real thing. The Curiously Strong Mint. Mm-hmm. We were a little obsessed with them. So I have this gigantic <laughs> Altoids tin. Oh boy. There are still Altoids in it. Oh God. And you try you them? Can, going? Yeah, oh, wow. I'm sure they're fine. I'm pretty sure they're indestructible, but it is definitely from like 1999. Thank you. So, um, Lynn, thank you so much thank for doing this. Thank you for having me. Lynn you guys. Thank you so much. Just sitting it for a second. No, 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 no. That's enough. Right. You know what? You're going to send me spiraling. I got a song. I got, you here's, got here's a song that I definitely did get emotionally upset to. Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. Oh, I remember me too. That, was, that was a big one. It's a big one. Yeah. And and I mean those songs that are really well actually that was a sad song, but there were a lot of like love songs that weren't supposed to be sad songs that became sad to me because I didn't have that person to feel that about. True. Specifically the Celine Dion song um The Power of Love. 
uh, which I associate with a roller skating rink in junior high school. It was a, it was a couple's dance. We were there on a field trip or some shit. I never had someone to, to skate with, you know. I had a Celine Dion song like that, too. Did, what was yours? Uh, because You Love Me. And it was my sixth grade graduation and a girl danced with me, but I never saw her again because she moved. Oh, don't you hate that? Yeah. I had that guy in fourth grade, too. Who knows? We could be married now, but like he moved to Long Island, so fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. Don't fuck that guy. No, now I have it's, you. Thanks. Yeah, 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 yeah. All Next right. Guest. Yes, let's move along. Let's move right along because we have um, another amazing guest here and uh, who has been waiting patiently. He's he's a comedian. He's hilarious. He's all over the city. He's a writer also now for uh, NBC's uh, Best Time Ever with Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, give it up for Brandon Scott Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Get some crowded house for you. Hi. Welcome to our stage of pain. Thank you for having me. How, yeah. how is everyone doing? Everyone's doing all right? Is everyone doing all right? What a, We're having there fun. There we go. The tepid response became a less tepid response <laughs> when you yelled at them. Well, you know, it's the power of like, uh, you know, the, the iron host. Fist, it's the host the power. Of uh, course. I'm sorry, am I not doing a good job? Randy? No, you're doing a phenomenal <laughs> job. I'm worried I can't follow Lynn Bixenspan. No, no, but yeah. like I thought about it and I put you here for a reason because I love the contrast of what you're sharing because it's so incredibly different. But before we get to that, before we get to that, um, because I offered two, two, two options of questions for you to answer. One, did you ever court somebody and what was that about? Or two, at the end of the courtship slash breakup slash it never happened, did you have songs that you listened to when you were sad or angry about it? So whichever one of those you'd like to answer, you may. So in life in general, I've dated a lot of girls, but I've only had one girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And it was three and a half years in college. Mm-hmm. And it was a good relationship. It started out where she was a senior in high school. I was a freshman in college. And we were just friends. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was real excited about that. I'm already telling you. That was like points. Sure, sure. And then when she got into college, she got into the same school that I was attending, Penn State University. Uh-huh. Did you grow up in Pennsylvania? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm outside of Philadelphia. That's gotcha. where I was born and raised. And then I moved to New York to pursue comedy years after graduating. Mm-hmm. And so she went to Penn State. I was at Penn State. And then we just kind of friended into a relationship. That's the best way. Which I feel like is the best way. Mm-hmm. Does anyone have any, uh, anything to say against that? I just, I, I never got into a long-term relationship from just, like, dates. No. Phil and I fucked our way into a relationship. Yeah. Did you fuck into the relationship, or did you friend fuck into a relationship? Well, we were friends first. We weren't really friends. I thought we were... Every time I try to think about our relationship before we had one, I think that we were friends, and every time I find... I, we were not friends. We were, we were castmates, and we were friendly. Oh, okay. Anyway, Hostage situation. Sorry, it's not yeah. about us. It's so not you, about us. you acquaintanced into a relationship. Yes. You're like, I know you from work. I also know you from work. Hey, we're having sex right now. Yeah. Hey, we're having sex again. This is the third time we're having sex. <laughs> Should we be dating? Pretty much. I don't know. Let's see a fourth time. Five times, really? We had sex five times and we're not dating yet? What, what is this? What's between us? That's and you're exactly like, I guess happened. we're dating now. And he was like, it's good that we were friends before. And then you're like, we weren't friends. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Brand- Brandon is our Dr. Phil. <laughs> How are you guys doing right now? I think we're, I think 
we're okay. good. We're good. I think we're good. We're good. Yeah, it's going to be four years in April, guys. Four years April in April. Four years yeah. in April. That's so good. Anyway, stop it. This is about you, Brandon. That this is, is about you. Don't is, make this about us. That is six months longer than my only relationship. So, okay. Um, so the, rela- your, the relationship that you're in, it comes to an end. And? So it came to an end in a way where we were really close friends in college, and it was that thing where, like, oh, Brandon is with Michelle, Michelle's going to be with Brandon, we're all friends in this big group. And somewhere along the lines, maybe two, three years in, the relationship stopped being like a sex and friend relationship and was just like, we're just friend kind of relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then neither of us were going to break up with the other and so I graduated, she was still in school, she graduated, and she's from my hometown as well. Uh-huh. And then she cheated on me, mm. and I felt pretty bad about it. Yeah, yep. But I was also like, oh, we didn't have to have that breakup talk. It's, it, she just she just made that easier for you. She just right. took that step right out. And so then she came over my parents' house where I was living at one point, uh, and she said to me, "Hey, this thing happened while you were interning at UCB over the weekend." Oh. And I was like, "Oh, we can't date anymore." Right. And then we talked for three hours. And it ended with her saying, I'd still like to date you. And I was like, I don't want to date anymore, but could you give me a referral for future girlfriends? <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. And then she drank wine. There's no, there's no future referrals. She drank wine, and I was like, you can't drive home. And then I ended up sleeping on a couch across the room from her. Ugh, Ugh. That's the most painful. Yeah, yeah. And that was the end. And I remember I was calling my best friend Joe afterwards, who was like our third person of like the college group. Is that the one she cheated with? No, no, no. Okay. She was working at a restaurant, and I was working at like a sister restaurant, mm-hmm. and she cheated with a guy named Derek. Who fuck Derek? Yeah. How sad is this story, you guys? Listen, that's what it's about, though. It's a but we're reclaiming for Valentine's Day, reclaiming sure. our our whatever Sadness. our sad stories. Also, I'm not perfect. I'll put that out there. I'm sure if I talk with her, there's things that I've done, things that she's done. Sure, it's always a two way street, but this is about your pain. This sure. is about your pain. So yeah. so, but this is like a little bit. You said you were college mostly. Younger, going back further, mm-hmm. um, did you, uh, like in your alone time, when you were sad, when you were pining over a girl, Sure. Uh, was there music that you listened to to help you get into that pining mood, or was there music that you put on to get the fuck out of it? I distinctly remembering, I think I was 16 at the time, and there was a girl, Allie, who I really liked, who was also my friend. Mm-hmm. And she was the first girl I actually had sex with, and that was in college. And I still talk with her occasionally. Congrats. But she's in the Philadelphia area. We're still friends. And I think we were at a party, and by party, I mean at my friend Dennis's house, whose parents let us drink while they were around. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> I had friends like that. And she yeah. ended up kissing a guy who I was friends with named Kyle, 
And then I sat Fuck in the Kyle. corner. Bad news, Kyle. And I listened to My Chemical Romance on a loop for like yes. five hours. <laughs> and I'm like, this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always had this mindset where I'm like, I'm going to be in an indie movie. My life is an indie movie. And so, like, I try and position myself sure, like that. Sure, And I, I feel the same. And I, I grew up wanting to be a really, like, a tragic beauty. But, like, obviously I'm not. Like, it's a big fucking joke. I'm, a, I'm in comedy and for a reason, you know. But, like, that pining... Why aren't you stepping in right here? She's a beautiful, great person. No, she no, is. No, I, no, but no. I like No, her. I have a funny, pasty face. Shut up. So... I don't think that. <laughs> I, I feel like it's a middle like ground between couples counseling and like say a sad thing about your life, Brandon. <laughs> the bitch seat, everybody. Uh, no, but I, I understand like because especially especially with movies like fucking you know Garden State or whatever mm-hmm. you wanna you wanna live in that tragedy because it fe- it feels so much it feels so much I get it especially I get it. Garden State did everyone like. 10, 15 years ago, whenever that came out, everyone was like, this is going to be me. I'm going to be either Zach Braff or Natalie Portman. Oh, I was never, but I, f- I was fucking Natalie hate her. Portman. I was always... Were you always Zach Braff? Yeah, I was always stuck in the you fucking rain. Braff. Come on. I feel bad for the third guy who was also on the bus yelling into the abyss. <laughs> and I'm like, no one cares about the third guy. I think I'm the third guy. <laughs> I always felt like the third guy in all those things. <laughs> I'm the third guy. Uh, yeah. I'm the third guy right now. You're, you're Zach Braff. You're Natalie Portman. I'll be Natalie Portman. <laughs> Give I'm a the helmet. third guy. Are you a manic pixie dream girl right sure, now? Sure, why not? Why not? Give me, give me your helmet. Um, <laughs> I hate that movie. We're not going to talk about it anymore. It's great okay. soundtrack. It's a fine movie. I don't know why there's movie backlash all of a I, sudden. I, I think it's because it made you everybody feel vulnerable in the same no, very, pers- yes. like, very similar way because the music and the shots and everything sort of. It was very manipulative in that it cut right to exactly where everybody was feeling. And it, it also, like, I mean, I felt, and I don't know if this was like a universal lady feeling or if guys felt like this too, but like, I wanted to be the Natalie Portman, but I was never going to be the Natalie Portman because I was like the smart, sassy, like not very pretty girl. And she's like the like beautiful, but kind of helpless and dumb, you know, needs to be taken care of kind of thing. So... I don't know. Classic Phil. What? Right. Who feels the same way? And you're a man. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Did Wet. you identify as a Zach Braff or a Natalie Portman or the third guy? Natalie you, Portman. You saw yourself as the Natalie Portman type. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Wes. <laughs> We're doing a really great job of crowd interaction during a podcast recording. <laughs> um, I think that's what's happening. <laughs> I want to uh, I want to I want to change gears and get to this artifact because I think it's a hilarious idea. Um, it's it's a really uh, unorthodox. We've never had anything like this as an artifact on our show, but I said yes because I think it's great because there's stories behind it. So we're gonna show a picture of your artifact right now, if that's cool. Right. This is Brandon's teeth. Brandon. Yeah. Tell us about your teeth. Okay, so when I was asked to do this show, they said get like a childhood memory, like an artifact, something like that. And I swear, I don't know what happened to everything, but I have no remnants of my childhood. (laughs) Good for you. I barely have any pictures from when I was little. It's like I started at 17 and I moved forward. (laughs) But 
I don't think you can see it on this projector, but this tooth right here, there's a little bit of a line. And this tooth right here, there's a line like that, a diagonal line. And that's because in third grade, I was playing tag and I looked behind me while I was running away from a boy named Kevin and he was <laughs> reaching out Kevin. to tag Kevin. me. And then by the time I whipped my head forward, I ran into a steel telephone pole. <laughs> And immediately knocked only this tooth halfway out. (laughs) And it didn't hurt at all. I remember picking up the tooth. I walked over to a recess aide and I said, (laughs) I ran into the telephone pole and she was like, we need to take you to the nurse immediately. (laughs) How old were you again? Third grade. So probably like eight. Yeah. Something like that. And so it wasn't even in gym class. It was recess. It was recess. And then it was a Wednesday. And I know it was a Wednesday because I went home and my mom picked me up at the bus stop because it was like down the street from my house. And my mom is the type of person who's like, you're going to get abducted. You're a very cute kid. I'm like, Thank you, mom. You're a sweet woman. And the first thing I said to her was, I don't have to go to Hebrew school today. Woo! Uh, yes. And was it so? It was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went Wednesdays and Sundays. Yeah, yeah, and she yeah. Was me like, too. Why are you? We have to take you to the doctor, the dentist immediately. <laughs> this is not good, Brandon. But your your priorities are like right. No Hebrew school. No Hebrew school. Yeah. I was very much so against it. <laughs> like a Lynn Bixen span anarchist type. That's how I like to describe my childhood. <laughs> Uh, And then the second tooth, it got knocked out in probably an even sadder fashion. (laughs) I was in fifth grade. Does anyone here like professional wrestling? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Phil's Phil's your fan right here. Does anyone know who Jeff Hardy is? Yeah. Okay. This guy's really on board with it. He stopped typing whatever he was doing and was like, yeah, thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Jeff Hardy does this like thing he gets on the top rope and he like kind of yells and he sticks his hands out like this yeah that guy knows what I'm talking about <laughs> we're really bonding as a group <laughs> which is what my teeth had to do they had to bond ha cha cha you guys uh, so I hopped up on a milk crate that was in the middle of a shopping bag supermarket and I yelled like ah kind of like what and as soon as I got to ah it immediately dropped forward and I smashed my face on the tile floor and I cut up my knees and elbows which hurt more let it be known that busting your teeth out of your face does not hurt in the least from my experiences it's like the other stuff around it. <laughs> Wait, but and you busted, you, 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 the, the whole tooth didn't come out, half the tooth came out. No, right? it was this diagonal, so it cut <laughs> out like this, and then I started bawling, crying, just wailing, saying, I was Jeff Hardy, I was Jeff Hardy, and my mom didn't know what was happening, and she was like, my God, your teeth are everywhere. <laughs> And she like scooped me up and was like, we're going to the dentist again. And then I went to the dentist and they were like, it says two years ago you broke your other front tooth. And I was like, that was when I was playing tag. If they're battle wounds. These are my battle oh, yeah. wounds. And every time I go to the dentist, I have to be like, by the way, these teeth are fake. And they're like, yeah, we know they're fake. It says it in your records. They should be yellowing and falling out by now. Wow. And I'm like, 
I beat the system. <laughs> nice. Does it is it hard for you to eat stuff uh, like hard things like apples and shit? I try not to bite directly into jawbreakers. Like he probably shouldn't eat jawbreakers. One of the most difficult things, and I. You suck on jawbreakers? Thank you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Natalie Portman in the back gets it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's great. You're like a veteran of the generation before the current one, which probably did not do anything that we did. No, they did none of that. They were very protected. You're probably like people. You know, it, well, but, no, uh, the generation that the generation of kids after us was like, don't touch grass. You yeah. know, that's why gonna they, cut you. That's what turned. That's what happened to me because of all of the teeth breaking. My mom was like, "Well, the doctors say you can't play sports," and I'm like, "I also can't play sports. I'm not athletic <laughs> in the well, least." Are you not? Because like, let, I want to show this this picture of you that you that you so nicely sent, which I find um, before before. Yeah. Oh, oh, there no, it is. No, sorry. I was going to say, could you believe that this kid didn't have sex until he was 18 years old? You look so... <laughs> I know. But honestly, when I looked at this, it, it you have such a like, you're like clenching. You're like, don't fuck with me. Look like, like you're, you're looking... Oh. You're working real hard to keep the spikes up. It's the same broken teeth. And also, I can't smile still. So if anyone asks me to smile, it's this clenched... Come on. Yeah. Unless I can, let me try. I will try. Okay, ready? Are you guys ready? Can we get a countdown from five? Five, four, three, two, one. Yeah! That's a smile. It's very difficult to do. So cute. It's a little tiny smile. No, it's that. <laughs> it's that smile from high school. That was me going into 12th grade. You look so young there. Jesus Christ. Right? Yeah. Age, I have not aged well, I assume. I'm only 26, and my God. No, you're looking good. Like a baby. Like a baby. No, if we look at this. <laughs> it's uh, what I wore to Portman. school every single day. This is actually senior portraits, so they gave you like a tux, and what? Then they had the clips in the back that would pull it backwards. Did you go to private school? No, I went to public school. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we had senior portraits like that too. I know, but we didn't we didn't have to wear formal wear. For so the, the boys had to wear tuxes and the girls <laughs> had to wear like evening gowns. And everyone there are also pictures of me that I don't have access to where I'm like holding a rose and awkwardly smiling <laughs> like that because everyone had to do that. Uh well <sighs> Also <laughs> that picture right there voted second most talkative. I wouldn't have thought. I didn't win that superlative. <laughs> Someone else won it. What was their name? Deanna Shaheen. Deanna Shaheen was most talkative. Oh fuck that! No, you look you look severe. Like you look you look like you would have been a popular kid. To be honest, like I would not fuck with you. What? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Do you guys see popular kid when you right? look at that? Like maybe I see a, it. kind of a bro? No. Yeah, no. Ferris Bueller. Bueller's Day Off. All right. Here, this is a story for a whole nother time, but I was not popular. I was very middle of the road, and I, in my high school, had a popularity contest called Mr. Tenet, where the top 10 most popular students uh, had to do a talent competition, had to do a mental competition, and had to do athletics, 
and I know we're getting the light. Yeah. <laughs> but I ran a full campaign this year to get voted into the 10 top 10 most popular students in my high school. That's amazing. And by God, looking at this picture, it was a challenge. <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I think you have very smooth skin, you know? You look like maybe you play football. I don't know. I was the football. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, my friends, let me give you a present. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Oh, guys. my God. I'm so glad you did Thanks this. Thanks for coming. I'm so glad that you did this. It's such a bizarre artifact, and I love it. This is something that has actually been on the door of my room up until I took it off last week, and I hold it very dear to my heart, so I hope you will give it a good new home. Um, it is a, like, you hang it on the doorknob, and it's Garfield. It says, my room, my mess, my business. So that's you for so you. Much. This is incredible. Thank you. Brandon Scott Wolf, Thank you, you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Right. And now, uh, yeah, to close out the show, we have some very special musical talent who are coming up here. Um, uh, Rebecca Vigil is a friend of mine, and she is one half of Your Love, Our Musical, and then the amazing pianist with her, Dan Wrights. And uh, why don't you guys come on up here? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to vacate the stage so yeah, you can do what you want to do. All right? Great. Give it up for your host, everybody. Yeah. Do you want a chair, Mr. Wrights? Do you want to keep your jacket and hat on like you got to go? <laughs> Great. And what time is it? Oh, we have like five minutes to do whatever we're going to do. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Rebecca Vigil. Uh, this is Dan Wright. Um, thank you. Thank you. All six of you. I appreciate it. Um, and what I do is I uh, improvise music. Um, thank you. Thank you. Sir, do you know what that means? Sure. Yeah, I'm talking to you, full mouth. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You've been talking the whole show. Now you're not ready? What? Yeah, we make shit up. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. Don't be mad. I talk to people. That's how I improvise. Don't be angry at me. Great. Already? Fantastic. And that's good night. Bye, everybody. Uh, what's your name? Bob. What's your lady's name? Bob and Sandy? That's not true. There's no way that's true. That's no, that's, those are names white people make up. <laughs> Jeff and Monica. Um, yeah, I did. Oh, my God. That's improvising. Um, and, and what are your real names? Wes? Mashaya? Holy shit. Those are so much better than the other ones. Wes and Mashaya. How long have you been together? Okay, <laughs> I'm glad we worked it out at the end. I heard five years together, eight years married. <laughs> I was like, what? I don't, that math, what? Uh, uh, yeah, you got it, you got it. Um, great, so eight years, three years waited to get married. That's a great substantial amount of time. You th thought it out, and now you're married five years. What's the best part of being married? <laughs> Fantastic. I don't... I don't think anyone has ever answered that that way ever in the history. Is that really true? Yeah? He's a pilot, so he's not around. He comes home, fucks you, and he leaves. Fantastic. Hit it, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. 
Messiah. It's way better. Uh, yeah, he might think that. You might think your woman is the son of God. Cause she's hot, cause she's hot. Even though in that coat you can't see her body. It's gone. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. She blows my fucking mind. 
Um, I, oh, hello, hello. Yes. Yes. So, uh, so that, I'm going to leave you, I'm going to leave you on a bittersweet note for this, uh, for this second anniversary of the bitch seat. Um, cause why jo- not? Cause why not? You know, um, uh, this is good. This is going to be a final thought as you walk out into the freezing cold of New York. Josh, if you could show this last picture. Um, it says rain will make the flowers grow from Les Miserables. Again, some beautiful yin-yang art, yin-yang teardrop art. Um, you guys, thank you so much for coming to the show. I know it's so cold outside, but like, this is a great space. We love it. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. And also, to quote Tom Waits, um, <laughs> you can never hold back spring. See? That's nice. <laughs> Man, fuck you. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Thank, yes, for, but for real, thank you to Phil. Um, get thank some more drinks from Ivan at the bar. Thanks to Josh for taking. Jen Welch's live tweeting. Meg O'Malley's at the box office. Give it up got for a your host. team of people. Give it up for Lissa. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, um, you know, let's let's have a drink and maybe a toke outside, shall we? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, you guys. Hi right, guys. Where's my where's my outro music? Josh. There we go. This is Chelsea. This is Evan. And we're the hosts of Call Us Crazy, a podcast all about diagnosable disorders because I have Tourette. I have obsessive compulsive disorder. So we're very, very passionate about destigmatizing and normalizing these and other disorders. We want to entertain and enlighten. Evan, how many glasses of whiskey have you had today? I have had zero and I'm going to a holiday party, so I'm going to fix that. Well, what you have, though, been drinking. I've had wine. Okay. And did you just, or did you just not peer pressure me into drinking wine with you? Um, I wanted to drink with you, so I nudged you in that direction. <laughs> Fair enough. What would you do if one day you went home and there was no whiskey left in the world? I'd be bummed out, and I would hope that there was room on my credit card to get more. But what if it didn't exist anymore, Evan? Um, I would have. To, I would drink more wine. Okay, that's a good answer. Tune into Calls Crazy. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!